Hey guys, happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of the Green Room Podcast presented by the Handshake Agency. Thank you for listening. My guest on this week's episode is someone who has come on the Green Room plenty of times. I think actually she was when we revamped the, to the Green Room, like last May, she was like the second guest to come on. So this might be her fourth or fifth time on the podcast, but she's always a treat to have on. Amy Shark is my guest this week and she's on to promote her new single, Come On, with Travis Barker, of course, the drummer of, if you ask me, the greatest band that's ever existed in the entirety of ever, Blink-182. The song Come On is out right now. Uh, I sat down with Amy early this week. I sat down. I spoke to Amy on Zoom, let's be honest. Early this week to talk about the single as well as her performance at the NRL Grand Final last week um, and this long-awaited second album that is coming. Um, I absolutely nagged her about this got some answers um and as well as some potential collaborations or even features we made here on this record so here it is my episode of the green room podcast with amy shark check it out amy shark welcome back to the green room for what i think is like the third or fourth time i know yeah it's been it's been a minute though i I like our chats so i feel like it's been a while yeah so i mean i because i'm a very studious person I listened to the last time we spoke, which I think was would have been like late May last year. Uh, right. Studios 301, our fun pals there. So that was, yeah, shit, that was obviously was a while ago. Um, I was trying to pry things out of you about this second album and you couldn't say a lot. So just to run your mind back, this was like, I want to say a week or two after you had that run in with Henry Winkler. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God, that does feel like a lifetime ago. Yeah, so... Um, I will get into all of that noise in this podcast, so be ready for that. Um, okay. Have to say no comment, fine, but I'll probably still pester you. Um, but it's, yeah, like, fuck, it's good to see you as much as I can see you on Zoom. I know. It is me. Like, I have got a body under here. <laughs> I was listening. There was this two-minute thing where we're kind of just staring awkwardly going, I can't, I can't hear you. It was really uncomfortable, but I'm glad you're here now. So, yeah, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. I'm surprised you, uh, well, you're in an undisclosed location right now, but you did perform the NRL grand final a couple of nights ago. I'm, I'm glad you got out of that makeup van. Um, Same. <laughs> for those who don't know, I mean, maybe run them through. You were legitimately locked in the makeup van. Was this before or after the show? It was before. That's why it was a little, I mean, it wasn't actually stressful because the window was open. So, you know, I was always going to, probably be able to get out it was fine but it was more just hilarious because it's just classic me I guess like I always just have these random things that happen and just from something so simple like I just wanted to shut the door so I could get changed you know and um and then you know I I was ready to go out and then just the doors just wouldn't open they just like fully deadlocked and next minute there was like 25 to 30 people outside the bus trying to get this thing open. So I didn't have to crawl through the window, but um, you know, it's just my daily drama life in shark world. So. Or, sorry, how before, how long before was this when you were due out on stage in front of. A- well, we had some time up our sleeve because I had to do some promo. Um, I think some promo got axed because I dead set just couldn't get there. Um, I managed to get to like one interview and then it wasn't all that much time. But um, I think that's why it was more funny because we knew we had some time up our sleeve. But, but I mean, it was still like, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> it was just funny. It was really fucking cool to see you there because I, mean, I don't know if you told me this or if I'm just... 
I've read this somewhere, as well as being a fan of the Gold Coast Titans, back in the day, you were a videographer for them, weren't you? Or you did video production for the Titans? Yep. Yeah, I was there. Um, yeah, I, was, I guess their videographer. There was a couple of videographers, but um, I sort of would come up with um, scripts and a bit of content for players to do just like fun stuff for sponsorship or game day entertainment and stuff like that. So it was really good. It was like a nice way to sort of still be creative, I guess. Um, seeing as though I'd given up on being a singer songwriter. So yeah, it was good. For me, it was like, oh, well I can do, you know, I'm still going to be happy in life in this job. Is it, is it what you hoped it would be? Being a videographer or? <laughs> I should have specified. I mean, <laughs> Final performance. We can talk about videography later if you like. No, it's fine. I, I still definitely flex that muscle every now and then. But um, the the performance. I mean, I loved it. I loved the show we I put together with the, with the team, and I, um, I thought it was classic, and I had a really good time. Obviously, haven't played a gig in a while, so any gig that I got was going to be a lot of fun. And you know, you can't please everybody, but I didn't really go out there caring about that. <laughs> you know, so. What about the the performance itself? Obviously, it was seen by a lot of people, and it's. I don't know if is this has this been strategic from from you and your team, or has it kind of been you're more of a live music person. Obviously, the way of COVID, especially the last six months, people who have performed have maybe done Instagram live videos. Maybe they've done, especially lately, like people performing at empty venues. Um, has that been strategic from you not to really sway that way? Yeah, I mean, look, I just feel like I worked so hard to get to a stage where to just get to a stage where I could be playing in front of actual people. Um, you know, I spent so long trying to build that audience and I'm just not ready to let go of that. And I also just feel like, you know, people are saying, Oh, but it's so good because people from around the world, like there could be someone in Beijing tuning into and, you know, uh, um, uh, Horden show or Oxford Arts Factory show. And I'm like, but the way I look at it is that's not special anymore <laughs> because when you're at a show, it's like, oh, I'm here and I get to talk about this show and not everyone was here that night. That's what makes this show special. Mm. So when people get to like, when like thousands and thousands of people get to zoom in or whatever, watch a show, I think it's, I think it's cool how we have to do it now for the pandemic. And I understand that, but I don't, I think it'll kill the magic in live music because not everyone should be able to say, yeah, I was there too. It's like, oh, were you there on Zoom or were you there getting sweaty in the crowd? Like, you know what I mean? Like once we can all go back. So I don't know. I hope it doesn't kill the magic that I fell in love with music for. But um, yeah, I definitely get asked every day to go live and it's just, it's just, it, it's hard because, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not really that kind of artist, but I'm also trying to find a balance to please fans and, you know, give them what they want as well. You're doing a, a really intimate shot crowbar soon though, right? Like I think that's what a hundred people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, I think crowbar is like such a sick venue. Um, and I kind of missed, I kind of missed that stage in my career. Like, um, cause early on me playing crowbar, there'd still be no one there because, you know, and then when a door hit um i kind of skipped that stage and i miss i wish i got to play you know those really packed sort of crowbar um venues yeah they're, they're special venues i think the last time i was at crowbar was for some 41 did like a really last minute 
sideshow before they play download the next day. It's a really, I think you'll be fucking awesome in there. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just going to be like fully acoustic um, sort of dashboard vibes. (laughs) So I can't wait. You had me dashboard. (laughs) I knew that's how I suck you in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell me about the last 12 months. And I mean, this, again, this is kind of how I've been doing the podcast the last six months with international or local artists. Most people come on with something to promote. Um, and I always use like these two examples. Like I had Maddie on from 1975 to promote that last album. Um, because of COVID, he thought, fuck it, let's just start writing a new album. Um, and I had Ollie on from Bring Me the Horizon. They had, they were meant to be on the road this whole year. And because they can't be, they've just said, fuck it, let's just write an EP. What has especially the early part of 2020 now looked like for you? Because we know that this second album has been in the work for a while. Were, were you planning to be laying low majority this year anyway, or was the plan to have this album out much sooner? Yes, I definitely didn't want to be laying low this year. <laughs> um, I had big hopes and dreams, but, um, you know, that everything got so serious in the world that I, I, I was kind of fine very quickly to just sit back and let the world fix itself. And um, But, yeah, no, there was there was some plans in place, but I guess um, having this time up my sleeve, I could really sit with the album and... Um, and really finesse it and really kind of like it was time that I didn't have on love monster. And I'm still, still so proud of love monster. And maybe it, that's what makes it beautiful and um, raw is cause I didn't overthink it. And not that I overthought I've been overthinking the next one, but um, I don't know. I, I finally got the time cause I didn't have to go on like a, a single uh, promo tour or anything like that. You know, like I couldn't, like when I wrote, I said, hi, it was like, Oh, okay. Um, that's out now. And, and I didn't really have time to go and really sit with the other songs, the rest of the body of work. So um, this one, it's not like I could go out and promote everybody rise. So I just put it out and then um, decided to really zone in on the album and um, make sure it was everything that I wanted it to be. And I'm, I feel like I'm lucky that I got that time mm. um, to do that. And, and heaps of other stuff. There's think there's something I'm working on that I haven't really told anyone about but i um i've had time to do that <laughs> that's so bad i'm sorry to say that that's fine every every time we've done a podcast you give me like some sort of like mild exclusive i'm just the biggest tease aren't i <laughs> i'll take take it um what can you tell us this is the hard the tough part of the podcast now what can you tell us about this second album is it done or are you still working through it no, no. Oh God, no. I had to, cl- I had to close it off because um, otherwise I would have been heading into like Axel Road territory. Sure. Axel Rose, sorry. Um, so I, yeah, no, that's been done and it's been done for a while and um, so, so excited about it. And, um, you know, I think it's a really good step from Love Monster and I don't know, I'm trying really hard to not go so OTT like I did for Love Monster. Like I feel like I really drove that home and you know, there was, there's still so many stories in this next album that are real life stories and real life characters. So I'm trying to be aware of that. And I wasn't really aware of that during Love Monster and ended up kind of, you know, hurting some people um, unintentionally. So I, as much as I'm so proud, I'm confident, I'm everything about this album. I'm trying to like, just let release songs and let them do their own kind of thing. When you say over the top with Love Monster, do you mean like, as you said, like literally telling these very true stories? 
just really spoon feeding a lot of stuff to people. And um, cause I was so excited. Like, I mean, it's my first debut album and I finally had a team and, and, and I knew people were going to hear it. And it was, it literally wasn't until the night before that I really was thinking, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The people actually are going to hear this one. Like, it's not just me, like it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, putting a song on MySpace and, you know, getting a couple of people listen. Um, this is like me still writing really, really raw, honest stuff. And, um, and I can't really hide it's, it's, it's recorded and it's going to be released. So as much as I was aware of that for this one, I, um, I just, I've just learned how I want to go about promoting it. And I think the songs are so are strong enough to, to stand by themselves. And, and if people really want to know what they're about, they'll, they'll just have to listen to the lyrics and it'll explain everything. But, um, yeah, there's so many things you learn, dude, like from one album to the other. And I've just made that my job for this um, next album to really concentrate and learn what I liked and what I didn't and, and to really be open-minded. And yeah, I think I'm better mentally um, for this one, if that makes sense. As in you're better, you're better mentally now. Like just, just more knowledgeable, I guess, more educated on, you know, how to, how I want to go about things. I think I just, I was so overwhelmed in the first one. And, and I love that about, I love that about that album and that era is just being fully excited and throwing myself into it and telling everyone all these crazy stories and, and forgetting that these are real life characters. And I think that all plays a part in Love Monster and makes it really unique and, and great. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I've just grown up a little bit as an artist. Because that's the thing with, with when you say Amy Shark and as a fan of your music, a lot of people think you're an overnight sensation, which is true to an extent, but obviously you have been working and grinding for years. But I guess the whole rollout of a dog going crazy, then an EP, then your debut album going number one and then you touring everywhere, that was pretty quick. So it's yeah. interesting, like you, you're more knowledgeable now about how to, to process and roll out a second album. Yeah, I kind of know how it happens now and what to worry about and not what and what to not worry about and I guess I was kind of just overheating on the first one and uh, not that I'm not in a bad way at all just um you know it's a lot it's a lot to kind of juggle and uh, and take and try and take in as well because it's such a good time it's a great time um of your life and in a time that I never thought I'd get so um, yeah, it's hard to explain. I can't really explain the journey it's been. It's just, it's just been massive. Um, but I'm, you know, I still, I don't feel like I've had that second album syndrome. I feel like I kind of avoided that because I just started writing this second one, basically the second I wrapped Love Monster. You know, I still had songs that obviously didn't make Love Monster, but that make the album, but I also just started writing more and just documenting how I felt and, and what was going on in my life. And I'm so grateful that I did that because the pressure was kind of off when I had to start this new era, you know? Well, you said it before. It's interesting. Like when you released Love Monster, that was kind of you introducing yourself to mainstream Australia, basically. But with this second album, like people are waiting, people are holding out for this album now. You seem pretty chill about it. I don't know if you've just got a good poker face, but you seem quite relaxed and... <laughs> fuck out there i think um yeah i i guess like i just um i've worked really hard on it and and i I, look a lot of it is this the the whole 
world right now in this pandemic, you're forced to kind of just be chilled about stuff and not, and, and I mean, I think if you start freaking out and throwing shit at the walls, you're going to fall apart. You just need to be composed and, and, and not feel like you need to, I keep hearing people go and people say to me all the time, Oh, you must be like writing hips and creating and creating. And it's like, I have been creating in, in this environment for years. It's no different for me to be in isolation writing music. Like that's fine. And I guess there's a lot of pressure on artists to deliver and it is super hard when the world is like this and you're not living your normal life. And I I feel like artists shouldn't put pressure on themselves to just put shit out. Like you'd need to just still make sure it's good. You know, like don't just, don't just freak out and think, you know, oh, people are going to forget about me or whatever. And, and I know that's so easy to think because I've been through that. I went through that stage. Obviously, when Love Monster wrapped, it's hard to be off cycle because you're on so much. And it's like, what? I got to take a, a break now? It's like, no way. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm running hot right now. Let's go. <laughs> and, and it's not until you just have to learn. You just have to, you just have to learn and grow as an artist to be like, no, it's actually healthy to just sit back and, and be off cycle. Or, or if you don't have anything to share that you're proud of, don't share it. You know, I I learned that the hard way putting songs out early, early on. And, you know, my manager at the time had to, had the awesome job of taking everything down and trying to find everything. And, and, and I say to kids all the time and artists, I'm like, if you're not proud of it, if you've just got a song up that you're not even sure about, get it down. Like it's just only put stuff out that you are 100% proud of. And I think I'm chilled right now because I have an album that I'm 100% proud of. And that's all I can do. That's my job, you know? So, um, yeah, sorry to rant. I mean, this is ideal for a podcast, rant away. Is that, the, is that the mentality though? Like you need to, this idea that you need to just release anything to stay front of mind in, in people's heads, like just release a song. Who cares if it's not that great? Just stay relevant. Yeah. Put, put content out. Yeah. Um, I, I think like there's a lot of pressure from the way I, I guess like, um, streaming and everything is right now. Everything's so fast paced. People digest a song in minutes, then, then it's done or they'll digest an album within like a few hours. And, and I feel like people are just really, really hungry and really just want, want more, more, more. And I, I think you really do need to, you do, you do need to be flexing that muscle and keep creating, but, but I, but I don't feel like, you know, you, you should be just putting stuff out that you're, not stoked with, you know, I think it's a balance. You need to put music out quicker than you used to. You can't wait five years. You can't, you can't like, you know, I don't know. People would disappear for ages and that would be fine. And I, I feel like you just need to find that balance of having time out, putting music out that you are so stoked about. Um, but also, um, yeah, not, not, not freaking out about it. It's, it's, yeah, it's just such a weird balance at the moment. It's just so, yeah, everything's different. It seems pretty cool. Like you seem to have mastered and leveled out that whole idea of, you know, being incredibly successful as far as an Australian artist now and that bubble of the fame bubble and, and released a number one album and, you know, touring in some of the biggest venues around the country. Again, like just looking at you now, you seem very chill. I don't know if you just went for a swim or something. I don't know, maybe I've just caught you at a good time. Yeah, you don't seem at all weird like, you know, she's wearing sunglasses, has a bouncer behind her right now. None of that. It's great. Good. I hope you, I, like, I, that's, I hope that's the, 
perception that I have because it's, I'm not a diva. I never, I mean, you know, I didn't, yeah, that's just stupid. And I look, if I look chilled, I've had the biggest couple of weeks of my life where I literally have not slept and I've just been working so much. So um, you did, you have caught me at a good time. I literally just had a massage and I'm like in the best frame of mind right now. <laughs> I'll save all the hardball questions about that album. Fun part of the podcast. Because the single, come on, is fucking great. Number one, congratulations. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I actually thought of you um, around this sort of release and I was like, you're going to like this one. Not just for Travis. I think you'd just like the song. Yeah, well, I mean, I personally, I think that album is a compliment. So please don't take it any other way. I think Come On could would fit perfectly on Love Monster and or is the perfect step out of Love Monster into record number two. I don't know if that was your intention, but it's... Yeah good fucking song with or without Travis having Travis helps does it really does this happened please so I you know I guess it was always kind of gonna happen um when I met Mark we got on really well and I met a lot of his team and um I kind of you know to make it my job to weasel into these people's lives (laughs) under the radar type stuff, but um, got to know a lot of them. And then Travis reached out to me on Twitter and he DM'd me and just said, Hey, I love the music you're putting out. Um, Love the song you did with Mark. Um, You know, next time you're in LA, we should do some stuff. And, And that was, that was a long time. That was probably around when Love Monster was released. And it was really exciting because I was a big fan of Travis. So I always knew I had Travis to call upon at some point, but um, I'm very particular particular as to when I call upon these people. They're, you know, rock stars, big, big, big lives they lead and they don't have to help people like me. So it's, you know, I just, I guess I just waited for the right time and I felt like, come on, I was excited about come on the night I wrote it. It was just meant, Every, it just, I don't know, I just had this big smile on my face for days after I wrote it. And, um, yeah, so, so it wasn't until I got into the studio with Dan and we were um, trying to just work out what it's going to be. Because in my head I was like, it's going to be a ballad. I just feel like this could be my ballad because it's just beautiful. But then the chorus was quite big and I was like, man, I just don't, I need this to have a beat behind it. It's just too monstrous. Um, and what I, I wanted the feeling of like, you know, I just wanted people to f- feel like, come on, like, just help me. I'm doing the best I fucking can, please, mm. like, please. And that is basically the song. Um, and I guess, yeah, we, we had a couple of different um, half times and then we went for this um, super fast break beat, which sounded great. It was like a prodigy style song, but then I freaked out the whole label and they were like, Oh my God, what's she doing? Um, so I compromised because I'm an adult. And, um, so then, yeah, Dan just said, um, and, and Shane kind of, we were all talking and, and Travis Barker came up and, and Dan was like, he would, he would do a really good job on this song. I was like, yeah, I, I should totally text him. And Dan freaked out. He was like, do you have his number? And I was like, yeah, I do. I've had it for a while. I just wanted to wait for like my perfect opportunity. And Dan, you know, he's just like the coolest little Kiwi in the world. And he was just like, I reckon this is the time. I think this is the moment. I reckon we, I reckon you do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And anyway, so yeah, I, I texted him and we got the song sounding quite hot. It was sounding really good and did a good vocal take. And um, I always make sure I've got it all the ducks lined up. You know, you don't want them to come back and go, oh, but 
have you got this? Can you send me that? It's like, if you want to get one of these big, big dogs on your, on your song, you've got to be very prepared and professional. And so I feel like I did that. And, um, and then, yeah, we didn't have to wait that long. And he wrote back and he was like, this song is awesome. Um, thanks for thinking of me. I was like, wow. Okay. This is, you know, (laughs) crazy. Yeah. So yeah. And then he, he just started tracking it in LA and I was lucky enough to at least meet him when I went over to shoot the video. I went to Nashville to shoot the video for Everybody Rise. And then I had a couple of meetings in LA that I had to get to. And luckily, luckily enough, he was around. So I got to, um, just, this is just pretty much as COVID's becoming a thing. Um, it wasn't big yet, obviously, but people were starting to become aware of it. Um, but yeah, we got to hang out at his studio and um, talk about song and, yeah, it was really, it was quite a, I don't know, it was really easy. He made it easy. He was super accommodating and yeah, next minute we have a song out and he's, he's texting me all the time asking me how it's going and like, he's just in, he's just in it. He just loves it. So it's cool. Now, can you still fan, fangirl out about this? Do you just have to like pretend like, oh, whatever, Trav, I'll t- I'm busy. I'll text you later, champ. Or- no way. Just drop everything. <laughs> I I still get I still get so so excited when he um when we talk and um yeah I mean I've like you I've worshipped these guys my whole life they got me through times when I was you know a troubled teen uh, trying to work it all out and I still anytime you know I I see Mark or I see Travis or Tom I'm just like in awe of just their talent and um. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't even matter what they did. Like they, they were just such a big part back then. So nothing, you know, they're always just going to stay that figure in my mind. So yeah, because I get the, these questions a lot just from my own friends about people I interview. Like, oh my god, were you nervous? Like, you have that on a different level when you know you're in the studio with this person creating things. I get nervous about interviewing Mark Hoppus. Fine, it'll pass. <laughs> have to like, this is your job. I know. Yeah, I need to step up. Get over the, holy shit, I'm in a room with this person. How quickly can you be like, okay, we, I'm this professional Amy now. Mm, yeah, it's it's tough. You just have to, you just have to. There's no way. There's like, and I think I kind of run my whole career like that. You know, even, even playing really big shows or p- live things on TV, I say to myself before I go out, okay, well, you know, you got to do this and, you know, um, what's the worst that can happen? You might as well go out and crush it or, or have the best time ever. And that's the same as what I do for when I'm in the studio with these people. It's like, all right, um, this is, I just have to step up now. Otherwise you can look like an idiot. Um, and also I want to create really good music. So I'm like, I'm working as well. I'm like, I'm also just, um, I'm in it just to create really cool stuff and meaningful music. And um, they, I, I don't, I, you can't fake that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound like an idiot, but you can't, I guess when I work with the right people, which I have, um, they're, they're in it for the right reasons too. And, and you can sense that about someone, you know, I can smell a fake from a mile away. Like when you're just like, you're like not, a real musician, like you're an imposter. Um, and it's just, and, and there's not, I was not like saying that there's heaps because there's not, but, but you can, you know, when someone's like, no, I'm like a professional and I know what sounds good and, and I'm going to, 
I'm going to do a million takes until we get it right or no, leave that because it's cool when it's raw or it, all these little decisions that go on in a studio, they could be micro or they could be massive and you feel each other out through the day and you get a vibe and it's, it's, it's quite exhausting, but I love every second of it. It's just like, I don't know, I, I just feed off that shit. It's so much fun. So what other, do we have any other collaborations on this album? And by that, I mean, is it either Ed Sheeran and or Tom DeLong? And is it bad that I would rather it be Tom? <laughs> I feel Ed's probably better for you, but show you true colors, please. Yeah. Um, look, I can't, I don't want to say too much. I feel like I've done, like, you know, it's been a big couple of weeks, but um, there are some goodies left. There's some goodies left. Um, and, but also, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be a very, I want to be known as a credible um, songwriter. I don't, I never want to be the type to have a million, um, features, which I'm not saying that's bad. It's just not where Amy shark is totally going. Um, but, but every one that I've had, I felt is necessary. You know what I mean? It's not like I don't do stuff just because it's like, Oh, well maybe I can like, I don't know, get all their fans or it's got to make sense. And the song's got to be good as well. It's not just, you know, for, for weak reasons, it's all for good stuff and to, you know, to, to, to build a credible album. Um, but there's some, yeah, there's some good stuff left. I think you'll be happy with, um, but I can't, you know, I can't tell you any names. But you've done two thirds of Blink now. No disrespect, Matt Skiba, but. That sounds so bad. <laughs> Scott working? I don't know. I think he's in a band. I don't know. It's irrelevant. Don't go around saying Amy Shark's done two thirds of Blink, okay? Hey, <laughs> up. Grow up. My husband won't be stoked with that. <laughs> And you know what? I think I met him in the Aries and I was just peppering him as well. So I apologize because... He would have loved it. He would have loved it. He, yeah, we had a, a good chat about Boxcar. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, for sure. You guys want to need to know things. But, I mean, Angels now <laughs> next year. Can you at least tell me your album will be out, can we say early 2021 or even earlier? I think it's safe for me to say. I don't feel like a, a red dot on my forehead just yet. Um, I think it's safe to say next year. Okay. Looks, looks promising. Can you give me any fun exclusive <laughs> song titles, album titles? <laughs> what? Hold on. You know I can't. Stop being so cheeky. <sighs> Fine. Fine. Right. But you don't have to wait too long. Look, I, dude, I've given you two singles. Like, and you know, and one's got... Travis freaking Barker on it. Yeah. It's like we're in a good space. We're in a good space. I'm going to feed you well. Trust me, my friend. Good. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's great to see you as much as we can see each other during. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait for this album. Again, congrats on Come On because it's a fucking great song. Um, Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Just text me uh, Travis's number and. Uh, yeah, no worries. I'm, I'm going to doing that now, actually, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Amy. <laughs> So much. We'll um, we'll talk soon. Hopefully during album release time. Sounds great. So good to see you. You too, Amy. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Green Room Podcast, and thank you again to Amy Shark. Her single "Come On" is out right now with Travis Barker. Check it out on Spotify or wherever you get your music. Thanks again for listening. If you like what you hear, check out the podcast.com.au for all previous episodes of the Green Room, including my chat last week with Ashton Irwin, the drummer of Five Seconds of Summer. And the take with Willie Mason. Obviously, the NRL Grand Final wrapped up last weekend. Willie and Ian come back this week to wrap up the Grand Final, all the action. 
um, and talking about all the off-season movements and what's in store for 2021. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.